0: Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Metaphysical Mastery Podcast. This is a mother and daughter musing about metaphysical and esoteric topics. I am the daughter. My name is Kate Nelligan, my mom is named Peggy
0: Nelligan. Go ahead and say hi, Mom, and introduce yourself. Hi. Um, I'm the former director of the Metaphysical Center of New Jersey, so I have a little bit of background in this. And um, together, Kate and I share some very practical ideas that you can use. Uh, Our topic today is on sacred geometry. So I hope you enjoy hearing about this.
1: Yeah, and I am an equine partner, life and business coach and animal communicator. And so really looking forward to talking about sacred geometry. We almost called it symbology, but we already did a different podcast episode called Signs and Symbols, if you want to check that one out as well. Sacred geometry is something that I am personally fascinated about, don't know a lot about, so if you are someone that is working deeply in the space, hopefully there's still some uh, tips and tidbits that you'll get today, but I think a lot of us still need to learn a lot about sacred geometry. So my mom put together so many notes and so much information, and eventually there'll be a handout through the Metaphysical Center of New Jersey where you could read all of this. But there's so many details and different types of sacred geometry, so... We're just going to dive in, um, and I'll share a couple of my, like, personal anecdotes of kind of how I work with sacred geometry. But, Mom, what is the general overview of, like, what is sacred geometry?
0: Yeah, it's fascinating because almost everybody knows geometry because you have to take it in high school here in the United States. And so um, we think of it as the study of, you know, shapes and proportions and things like that. But sacred geometry really is different because it's the meaning that we give to the shapes and the symbols that show up in our life. Um, Plato, you know, way back in the ancient Greek days, actually said God geometrizes, and it was the explanation that these um, symbols and shapes are meaningful in our world. And it, in fact, if you really go back, it's, it says that sacred geometry is the intrinsic order of the whole universe. It's what unites all forms of life, not just here on our planet, but throughout the cosmos. Um, And it's the idea that all of the structures in nature and throughout the cosmos are governed by a set of patterns, geometric patterns, and mathematical ratios. It's found in everything from plants and trees to stars and galaxies. I think they call it the universal de- line, design language of the cosmos.
1: I love that, and that's when I how I first learned about it too. I think it was
0: through, through either
1: Bruce or, um, uh, yeah. I think I listened to them say that every single if you look at a leaf and you pull it out, you can see sacred geometry. Right, if you look at flowers, mm-hmm. like if you really go into nature, you can see so much of that there, and it's really just pretty fascinating and beautiful. And so, we're designed within sacred geometry. Um, and you said to me the other day because I was like, I don't understand the difference. Like, if a circle is a circle,
0: and you're like, you said there's a difference between regular geometry and sacred geometry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just it. If, you know, we all know what a circle is, and it has it has a meaning of being round, and we know what that is. But when you talk about a circle in sacred geometry, it's actually um, the concept of no beginning and no end, which is what, um, if your belief system involves something called God or whatever word you use for the source of all creation, then that's epitomized by a circle. So you can look at it as just being a round figure, or you can think of it as being the beginning and end of everything in the universe. Um, That's the difference in sacred geometry.
1: I feel like so much of life is what we assign meaning to, right? Like, uh, that's how we create reality is kind of how we assign meaning to things. And, you know, and so... that also applies into the signs and symbols podcast, what we did too. But, um, and I think maybe it was Greg Braden who actually was the one who talked about sacred geometry for the first time when I heard about it, but yeah, it's really pretty, pretty potent. So um, I feel like you're really the one that introduced me to it because you got me a flower of life necklace at one point and I started wearing it and I started feeling different wearing it and I felt like it was really activated and it, I felt like I was able to feel, like, more protected with it on and even, like, able to manifest faster. So I just feel like they're so, they're so potent, these different signs and shapes. So why don't you start walking us through, like, what some of the basic ones are and then some of the ones that people may know about or maybe even don't know about.
0: Sure, yeah. Um, I guess when you think of, of sacred geometry, everything really begins with a dot. There's just a dot. And that is an example or a symbol of the unmanifested form of creation. And then from the dot, there are circles. The plane, what I, which I mentioned before, no beginning and no ending. Then there's a circle with the dot in the middle. And that's where we begin to describe the creation of life. That's where life manifested from this dot in the center of this circle. And then you come up with a circle with a line. And the line could be vertical or horizontal. And that's where polarity, or on Earth we say duality, occurs. And it's because vibration um, exists between these two sides of that circle with the line in it, whether it's vertical or horizontal. And that's what creates forms. Vibration is what creates forms in manifestation. So... The higher the vibration, you have a more spiritual form, and then the lower the vibration is when you have the very dense earth forms. Um, And then, of course, there's a circle with a cross in the middle, uh, which basically represents spirit, which is the vertical line, uh, restricted by form, which is our limitations and our boundaries. Those are really the basic designs. And then there are other forms that come out as a result. There's something called the Ankh Cross, Um, which really is a symbol of immortality and has to do with the law of gender in the universe. There's the Whirling Cross, which is um, something that the Native Americans have used um, for centuries, and that's a manifestation of life, an affirmation for life. Then there's the wheel, which is basically taking the circle and dividing it into twelve. And, you know, sometimes, Kate, we're going to have to do a whole podcast on numerology. There are so many connections with numbers that we went. And this 12 is an example of it. Um, the, the suggestion in the spiritual tradition is that there are 12 energies coming from a common center. Um, so we'll think about that. But then another, there, there are a couple of others. triangles, of course, are another form of geometry. And again, by attaching the meaning, the upward triangle is often thought of as evolutionary movement and is more masculine. And the downward pointing triangle is involutionary movement or feminine um, The Star of David is an example of one that uses both the upward and downward triangle. And that triangles are used for healing as well as creation. And I think one of the important things I learned, and I knew it but I'd forgotten, that the structure of reality is actually crystalline. And so crystals have a triangular nature. That's their structure because it's a very stable geometric form. And then, of course, they when you take triangles and attach them to one another, they form a star uh, as the triangles face outward. So, like, if you put five um, triangles facing outward, you get something called a pentagon or a pentagram, or six-pointed is hexagon and hexagram. So, depending on the number of sides, you have different um, you know, star shapes that we call star shapes. The other thing I thought that was pretty interesting um, is that all of the astrological signs that we have, we I'm a Gemini, for example, you're a Capricorn, the signs are made up of either circles, straight lines, or curved lines. And these lines um, actually represent consciousness. So if there's a circle in your astrological sign, it represents the superconscious or spiritual aspect of your your energy. Um, the straight lines represent the conscious or material aspect and are considered kind of masculine. And the curved lines represent the subconscious or emotional aspect and are considered to be more uh, feminine, whereas the circles are considered to be more of a balanced type of an energy. So there's a lot of information connected with just the shape of these symbols as well in geometry.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because when you think about to like how it applies to human life, like I've started working with clay and you are given like just a, almost like a dot of clay, right, like a block or a circle of clay, and from there you can create masterpieces you can create bowls you can create plates you can create you know so much from that original just like dot energy and uh so I think that's really interesting and then the other is yeah the wheel is connected to the astrology wheel and there's 12 in there as well and Mm -hmm. I never saw it before you like shared your notes with me that the astrology, you know, they are like, I'm a, like a V and an S is the Capricorn. And, you know, that I know some of them are, you know, more circles or in it's, I've always thought the symbol for each of the astrology signs is like fascinating. Um, I've always, I've loved mine so much. It's the only thing I've even ever considered tattooing on my body, <laughs> but I have not done that. Um, but I, I definitely feel like it's something that, you know, it's really symbols themselves have energy to them and meaning. And lately, yeah, numerology would be a great one to do in the future because I feel like this is the first year that I've actually been working with numbers more and see I see numbers every single day now. And I feel Mm -hmm. like they help me to feel less alone when I get, you know, I get, the eleven like last night I hadn't looked at my phone in like an hour and then I just happened to grab it and it was exactly eleven eleven last night, you know. So I think there's always like things that come through through symbols um that are really potent and we can almost use them in a way like an oracle or a divination tool because we can see them and we can get, like, guidance can come through, looking at a yin-yang symbol or looking at, like, I don't know if you'll mention the Vesca Pisces, if I'm saying that correctly, but I used to have that sun catcher off. And any time I looked at it, it just really, it brought me back to, like, both the Jesus energy but also the energy of um Balancing masculine and feminine energies, you know, and creation energy, and so I just feel like they're they're so great for for manifestation tools. They're great for feeling connected to guides or spirit, you know. They're really great for guidance even to come through, you know, because mm-hmm. they're they're activated the way like when I do. Um, access consciousness clearings or we talked about hoopono prayer, which I can never say fully correctly, but uh they're activated statements. So they because a lot of people use them, they have energy because it's there's a collective energy around them. And I kinda look at sacred geometry the same way. They're just there's a collective energy to them,
0: right? Absolutely. And again, it's how you interpret the symbol is it becomes its meaning for you. But realize if there are 7 billion people on the planet and people are all, you know, giving their their take on what that symbol means, that energy is being gathered, collected. There, we, are, we do not as, operate in isolation. So even though it's a symbol out there, uh, it definitely, has, as you say, it has its own energy based upon the energy that everybody has given to it as well.
1: Yeah. So, what else do you want to share? I feel like there's also the more advanced ones, like the flower of life, the seed of life, the, you know, Merkaba. Can you go into some of those and what they all, how they, what they each represent?
0: Sure. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned already was the Vesica Pisces, and and again, I'm not sure if that's pronounced Pisces like the astrological sign or Pisces, which is P-I-S-C-I-S. But it's it's the very simplest taking the circle and putting them together, but they're intertwined in the middle. You probably remember from high school mathematics the idea of a Venn diagram, and that's where the two circles come together, but where the part they overlap in the middle is actually the Venn part. And that's what um, the Vesica Pisces is using, those two circles, but in an intertwined kind of a way. And from that, then, you go into something called the seed of life, which there are seven intertwined circles, showing the intersection of all of life. And then there's the egg of life, which actually is also uses seven circles, but they're separate. They're connected, but they are not intertwined. They're separate circles, and that's called the egg of life. From that, we have the flower of life, which is the one you mentioned, the piece of jewelry that um, you have, and that is made up of 19 circles. And then there is... um, something called Metatron's Cube, which you also mentioned. I'll come back and talk about that in a minute. But then from the Flower of Life, we go into something called the Fruit of Life. And there are 13 spheres that make up the Fruit of Life. And this, as I was reading, it said this is actually considered the most powerful sacred geometry figure that there is. Um, It's sometimes called the Holy of Holies because it is hidden Inside the flower of life, which many people know, but we don't see the fruit of life that's buried within it unless you really go looking for it. And then, of course, there's something called the tree of life, which um, Jewish people use, uh, as as shown in their Hebrew um, uh, form of religion, and the the grid of life, which is another fascinating one because it's It's a number four tetrahedron, and that is fascinating when you really look at what number 60, did I say four? I mean 64 tetrahedron, and it's fascinating with all of the connections that we have with that on the grid of life. We're all part of a grid. You know, the earth is part of the grid. Our uh, Milky Way is part of a grid. The whole of the universe, of our cosmos, is gridded in some way or another, as well as our own individual bodies. So, when you look at the grid of life, then the one that really um, fascinated me was something called the torus form, and the torus is if you were to take a sphere around sphere and collapse it a little bit so it becomes sort of egg shaped, um, and all of the lines within that are the are the energies that are being radiated from our body, and that torus form has actually shown up on an EKG of the heart as well. The thing that's really fascinating is scientists who have studied the sun have found that same torus form emanating from the sun. It, it's just amazing when you when you look at the synchronicities with them all. And then, of course, the last one you mentioned is the Merkaba, and that is basically the shape of our light body, and a lot of it comes from or is based on that Metatron's cube, which you mentioned before, and the the thing that's fascinating about the metatron's cube is that there are actually five solids they're called plato solids or perfect solids the cube tetrahedron icosahedron dodecahedron octahedron located inside of metatron's cube and and the cube itself is made up of and there are 78 lines that are connected within it and supposedly that is meant to epitomize the divine blueprint upon which the cosmos is formed. And Metatron, as you know and others may also know, is one of the archangels. I think you've you've actually worked with Metatron in in some of your work as well, haven't you?
1: I mean, I just find that Metatron is really powerful when you get in touch with that energy, I'll say he, but like it, and then, you know, we can use, I feel like each of the guides or the Ascended Masters or the Archangels have colors associated with them, but I also feel like they have sacred geometry associated with them too. And I don't know if I understand all of them, but I would say like with Archangel Michael, the sword is a straight line, right? And he's seen to be depicted with a sword. So he's going to use that to cut fear or blockages and and help people through the sword, and the sword being a secret geometry tool. Metatron with a Merkaba, you know, like I just think Metatron for me is often about, and again, this is my personal experience, is about power. So the Merkaba is about how do you how do You know, I think of it as a shield where it shields stuff away, but it also is a power tool and grid to essentially change the energies of things to uplift them. Because he is really, I think of him as really about up leveling, like going to the next mm-hmm. level and getting much bigger, uh, not bigger, like power over force, you know, bigger, but just bigger in terms of like stepping into our brighter light and energies and vibrations. Right. So I think of him that Mm -hmm. way. So then the Merkaba to me is associated with, you know, coming up with, and like I was drawn to get a statue of him recently, and he's holding it, and I'm like, you know, I just felt like I had to put it next to my bed stand. <laughs> so, like, that's like <laughs> the, the ways that we can work with, you know, sacred geometry too, right? Like, so
0: yeah, mm-hmm. they.
1: I mean, we agree that the, each of the masters probably have some form of because, like, Jesus is often associated with the the vesica.
0: I can't even say it. <laughs> that's Yeah, the vesica piscis. Right. right. That was the earliest form before the fish became, you know, popular in Christianity. It was, it was the of Pisces, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they're mm-hmm. often, or even,
1: you know, they're all associated in different ways with different, I mean, obviously there's also the cross, right? If you were to look at, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Jesus associated with that as a symbol. So, you know, there's different things that I think are just really interesting about, you know, um, about each of them and and the other modality that I kind of use on the sacred geometry side is and this came this is like at first I was like oh my god this is so woo woo because you know I still am adjusting to my uh my woo woo things, but I feel like it came through from my cat blue who passed and he brought it through an animal communicator and was like she needs to use this in her healing work and it is the sacred geometry of this kind of, it's the star of David, it's a star. And it was, you know, an inverted pyramid and an upright pyramid overlaced on each other. And then there was some specific things that I have to do within that, those shapes. And it's really, it actually does work really well. Um, I, you know, I'll use the unicorn horn as well as another sacred geometry, because that's a spiral and it's a mm-hmm. straight line. So, I mean, if you look close enough, there's, like – I mean, even – I know this is so funny, but I'm, like, really drawn to the pumpkins I still have up and, like, from Halloween. And I think, like, even the pumpkin – I mean, the pumpkins denote, uh, like, a holiday. Like, there's a symbol immediately to it, right? Like, there's – so – and we've assigned meaning to the pumpkin. I mean, we could have all chosen the squash, right? (laughs) But we didn't. We chose the pumpkin, so you know, we carve the pumpkin, and like you know, I think there's a whole lot to to just bringing our awareness to secret geometry as just another tool and support system for our lives, and especially for those of us that are in the healing fields, which I am, you know, to support that work both for ourselves and for our clients,
0: you know mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. If you look at nature, I mean, thinking of the pumpkin, you know, you look at, you mentioned again, like look at a leaf, you look at anything in nature and every, there's nothing plain. <laughs> Everything has something to it. And then then you get to the, the outer edge, which is, you know, like a honeybee hive. That is so intricate and involved, all based on the octahedron or the chambered nautilus in the shell family. Um, my gosh, the spirals that are found there are truly incredible. And when so when you know when you look at them you can look at them and say how beautiful and that's the end of it. Or you really get to understand what the meaning of the spiral is and when you know metaphysically, this is a spiral unit. We're in a spiral galaxy for God's sake. That's what the Milky Way is. But the whole universe is based on that concept of a spiral. So everything that happens in our life, not just our physical life now, but You know, our past lives or whatever, we go, we evolve to a certain point and then we go to the next level and then we are asked to come back and do a little bit more learning and learn more perhaps on this plane of reality or others. But it's a spiral because it's like a slinky. I think of a slinky. You know, you remember the slinky you used to play with as a child? You'd let it go down the stairs and it's a spiral. And each time you go up that spiral, You're not in the same place. You're at a new level, at a higher level. And that's actually what's going on with all of life and the universe. We're moving into a higher dimensional space. Yeah, I love
1: it. Yeah, it was like I have clients go, well, but I feel like I'm dealing with the
0: same issue or the same pattern. And
1: I'm like, you're on the spiral with it. Like you've healed a lot mm-hmm. of it, but there's another like layer. You can think of it like an onion too. But like, you know, we're we're moving up the spiral. So you may be back to issue with mom, but you're holding it from a whole nother level of like acceptance, neutrality, um, awareness, consciousness. Like so you can work it at a new level, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's really, and and it's also the awakening process, you know, to spiral up, you know, we don't want to spiral down, (laughs) we want to spiral up and, and ascend, like that, when I think of ascension, and I'm like, oh my god, that word, what the heck does that mean? Like, I go to, yeah, it's the spiral, like we're in the spiral energy of just continuing to move up in consciousness and greater awareness and 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 honestly, like, remembering our truth, which is that we're divine beings having a human experience, and also remembering how gifted we are. I mean, like, we yeah. have such incredible intuition. We have so much of, like that healing technology inside of us for ourselves for each other for the planet we have to access that like we've all been dumbed down we've all like been made to forget and there's a lot of you know things that do that to us too um you know like medicine and other things like we have to actually i'll go into a whole nother tangent here but like we have to be willing to like spiral up and evolve because that's how the planet that's what the planet's doing right so we have to join mm-hmm. her and we you know for us to survive and then thrive as a, as a species as a humanity as a planet like we are on we are in that spiral energy of of awakening and ascending so that's how i help to like I see it more practically when I think of it as like, oh yeah, like consciousness is that spiral. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I love, I love looking at nature as a, as also just a map for divine perfection, right? Like we often judge our human bodies, but we are nature. And then we can go outside and we can look at a leaf and we can look at trees and we can look at how it's all, we don't judge nature. We don't think like tree branches should be thin- thinner or, you know, placed in different spots, we just are like, oh, yeah, that look at that cool tree. And so we can do the same when we see each other and each other's bodies. Like, we can see that sacred geometry and that divine perfection in everything. And it is really beautiful, you know, and then we can just get out of the judgment of it all, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's where we get stuck very often, you know. But you're right, as we are sending, and by the way, Metatron is, the archangel that is helping with that. If you use the word transformation, and that's exactly what's happening as we ascend. We are transforming ourselves, um, and and what's fascinating is I, I say we're transforming ourselves from the inside out, and that's from the DNA, um, because when you look at DNA, that is one of the you know key areas that sacred geometry shows up. When you look at that, it's fascinating. You know there are I mean so many areas that this. Sacred geometry shows up, and DNA is one of them. And I read mm-hmm. something really interesting when, um, when I was doing the research on this. I don't know if you remember, you caught it. But our DNA, everything is based on this idea of, it's called the golden ratio. It's something that has, it's part of sacred geometry again from the ancient Greeks or before. And it's a number. It's a, it's, I think it's 1.618. It's the number. And it's, it's the relationship the symmetrical relationship between two two proportions. So when you look at the smaller in relation to the larger, that's the golden ratio. And the same is true at every level. And scientists have found this. They actually refer to the golden spiral or the golden rectangle. And mathematicians refer to it as the Fibonacci sequence. And they're all related to this golden ratio. And what I read that I thought was interesting, interesting is, Humans are not the only ones that have this golden ratio in our body and our DNA. Dolphins, starfish, sand dollars, sea urchins, ants, and honeybees also exhibit the same golden ratio. And I think it's fascinating that you know when that's why we have science to able tell us this. So this is you know basic information is metaphysical ancient wisdom, but science is proving it as well. And that's what's fascinating about, you know, working with both science and spirituality. Mm, Yeah,
1: that's really cool. I love it. I love nature and animals so much. It's just, you know, it's so neat to... There, There's just like, I feel like everything is h- hidden in plain sight sometimes.
0: And <laughs> we're yeah. just have to
1: wake up and be like, oh yeah, like the answer's right there. And like, oh yeah, like it, we, sim- we can simplify it. And yet it's like incredibly complex if you think about like even just the fascia of the body. I talk to my rolfer about that all the time. And I'm like, isn't the body so cool? Like, you know, and like the how interconnected everything is and like just. Just the nature of it all is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So um, we could probably do a podcast on just nature. I actually just looked exactly. at a, a book last night. Um, okay, so let's go into some practical stuff because I always love that. And like, how can people use? And I don't love the word "use," but it's since we're not talking about a sentient being here, we can use it. How do we use or work with, partner with, sacred geometry as? as a tool to uplift, to create change, to transform, you know, and and support our lives. Like how I have a, a bunch of ideas, but what are some of yeah, yours? Go ahead,
0: share some. Well, well okay. okay. So, you mentioned a couple to begin with. Mhm.
1: So, I love the grids. <laughs> I have just so many. And I love artwork, and I feel like I'm always like, oh, I don't even know sometimes. Like, is it seed of life? Is it flower of life? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I need it. And so I have, like, on my altar, I have, like, the sacred geometry stuff that I love, the selenite um, coasters, and I love the grids that you can put crystals and gemstones on because I feel like they activate the sacred geometry. Um, So, and I love the jewelry, you know, that's created out there. I love mandalas. I feel like mandalas, there are so many incredible artists that create mandalas. I'm blanking on one of them right now. But you could even put in, like, sacred geometry uh, mandalas in Etsy or elsewhere and find, like, different things that speak to you. And then you can do research into why does it speak to you. I feel like I just got this interesting vision. You know how there's crystal stores and you can walk in and you can, like, feel, like, which crystal you're drawn to in gemstones? You know what I mean?
0: I mm-hmm. feel like yeah. there's
1: going sacred geometry stores in the future where <laughs> you go in mm. and you pick out like different things that like speak to you about sacred geometry, like different, you know, whether it's different coasters or images or prints or jewelry. I mean, obviously you see a lot of it anyways in metaphysical stores, you know, and spiritual stores, but I just find that 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 stuff really helps me. And you can just hang it up or wear it and just kind of stare stare at it and feel into it and see what comes forward from it. I think of them a little bit as like helpful portals um, to information. And you can certainly set intentions around them as well for that. Um, And then the other thing I was thinking about is like, I actually work with specific sacred geometry devices that I would love to just share about super briefly, but one is at Star House, which you've been to, it's in Boulder, Colorado, and it's an um, outdoor plus indoor um, facility where they have created different sacred geometry areas on their property that you can go and have experiences in so they have a swing they have a tetrahedron um the actual star house is um do you remember i how think many it's side an city. City. i think it's oh, yeah, eight-sided it, building. it is so <laughs> and they do meditations and sound baths in there so it is the whole property is based around sacred ge- geometry and it is Phenomenal! Like I've had so many incredible experiences there. Everyone I know who's gone has had incredible experiences there. If you love to connect with cosmic energy, it is definitely a place to go. Add it to your bucket list. Um, You know, it's it's amazing. So Star House. Um, I also go to the Harmonic Egg, and the Egg is also sacred geometry in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's shaped in that primordial and you literally sit in a large egg and they play sound and light uh, or they put in sound and light for your healing journey based on intention. So the egg itself for me is very, uh, very much sacred geometry that I work with. And it is the circle, but it's not really a circle, it's an oval, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I just feel like those are some of the ways that I work with it. Is is really, you know, um, connecting through sacred geometry physically. So not just like in meditation. I have a harder time sometimes, like visualizing that Star of David work. But I, if I can like hold it or touch it or see it, like I, it helps me. I'm like a little more kinesthetic
0: with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the sacred geometry really is used to focus the mind, but it's very helpful to have something physical because we are, you know, physical as well as mental and spiritual beings and emotional. So, you know, by focusing that mental aspect of ourselves, it really does help. Um, and as you, you mentioned, you know, amplifying your intention, set an intention. It, it's very much like using crystals to amplify your intentions. The sacred geometry will do the same thing. It will help to manifest your dreams. Um, it brings about balance in your life, if that's something that you're looking for, or it inspires you. You know, if you're um trying to connect with the mystical world, you know, as you say, it doesn't have to be just through meditation and spiritual contemplation, but it gives you a deeper understanding of the universe if you really allow it to focus, to allow yourself to focus your mind, get in touch with that as well. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, you've mentioned several ways that you can find this. And certainly jewelry is, is it's right out there and, and the crystals and the mandalas. But clothes, I actually, when I was playing with this, putting it together, I came across a T-shirt that I, I must have bought somewhere along the line that has the flower of life right on the T-shirt. And it's fascinating because I was thinking about that you had asked me at one point what is a, a special you know, symbol for you. And it probably I have to say the flower of life is certainly one of them. And the reason is when we were in Egypt, um, I so many of the temples, the major temples, the ceiling was painted with the flower of life. It's like, you, you know, you think, oh, isn't that a nice design? But it had a great deal of meaning for the ancient Egyptians as well. So if you really do have an opportunity to focus on one of those and make the connection for yourself, it, it can be very, very meaningful.
1: I mean, you can also play with art, making your own art with it, right? So, like, there are coloring books where you can color in mandalas. I have some of those. And even just, you know, coloring into the shapes and the – that really helps as well. It's, you know, and, um, and, you know, feeling into, like, the symbols that most resonate with you and – And how they become kind of part of your support system, you know, like I always like I will often find hearts and I feel like that's a nice support system for me. Um, You know, there's different symbols and and connections that that I think are really supportive based on our own unique paths, you know, like the butterfly, um, different things that come through. So other thing that i i think is really fascinating is that the animals somehow know sacred geometry um in a very kind of deep wisdom way so one the one thing i see Like, I'll I'll speak about what my goats do and what my horses do. What the goats will do often is as soon as my mind gets clear or I'm in a – I'm starting to think about, like, if I'm cleaning their barn out and my thoughts are kind of wonky, they're head-butting and they're doing, you know, nutty things. And then if I start to clear my head or I start to think more positive thoughts, all of a sudden I'll look and they're all in a straight line. And I see them do this a lot. Like They'll go just out of nowhere into a straight line. And there's no real reason for them to be doing that. It's like, oh, I've come into alignment. I've come into connectivity. I've come into things lining up. And that's really a cool thing to see. They will also sometimes all do a circle with their noses pointed in around someone or pointed out. So they'll go into the circles as well and form connection that way and it's really cool to see them do it um, and then the horses the horses often it's hard to see it with only you know one or two horses because you need again it's that whole connecting dots with vertical lines. Um, when i've seen a herd i've had it both as a client and then also as a practitioner laying on a massage table and horses doing energy work with you which is some of my favorite things to do with horses they will go into sacred geometry and they will form Mm -hmm. different patterns and you can see a photo of them working and there's some out there you know through um i have some myself it's like you can see the secret geometry of what they go into of what they're actually doing and realigning um and if you were to like fly above it, you'd be like, "Whoa, look at that pattern, or you can even see it just you know eye to eye on the ground. It reminds me all of a sudden I like the crop circles too, and like i've there's mm-hmm. so many cool crop circles, and how are they there? I love that stuff also um but and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can google crop circles, but yeah. Um, I mean we've said a lot of things that people might need to google if they're hearing it for the first time like mandalas and you know all of these different pieces but yeah I I really I feel like nature and animals are already very much coded with a lot of things like the honeybee I'd love that you mentioned that too like I'm obsessed with that design you know and I just think it's mm-hmm. like designs are so powerful you know and we need to use them to really um see see into not to make everything have like meaning and, you know, not the superstitious side of it all, but like to really, to have it, uplift us and help us i mean that's what the numbers do when people see numbers in sequence they they usually feel really good about it or excited or like you know happy that there's they're seeing that it's similar with symbols and sacred geometry i think so yeah i think if people get a chance to ever watch their animals especially like a herd you know i have four goats it's easy to see it you know and then with a herd of horses you'll see it as well it's really kind of neat
0: so Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting. You've mentioned so many good places that people can begin to look for for um, sacred geometry just in their everyday life. I and mean, people who go to churches or have you know visited or even watched them on um, you know the TV or computer or whatever, those symbols are again sacred geometry. Not just because they're about divine subjects, but they've been imbued with this wisdom of Ancient times as well as modern times, all the the thoughts, as you said right in the beginning, have all attributed to you know contributed to this, and that's what makes important. And that's why the other one that um, was mentioned, I thought I never made the connection with feng shui and interior design, but that is definitely. Again, I go back to what I said in the very beginning. It's what our perspective of it is. If you think that just simply putting a mirror in some place is going to change the energy in your room, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But if you intentionally set up something and you know something about feng shui and you intentionally do something, that makes a difference. That's what becomes sacred about it because you've now attached meaning to it and, again, to make it more sacred is where you connect it at a spiritual level to the divine, to source, whatever words you want to use. But really that's what it all boils down to. You know, I I think of the word labyrinth, Katie, you know, you and I both enjoy walking the labyrinths in different places that we've been. And again, a labyrinth is just simply a spiral of, of stones or bricks or what, you know, ground. And that's all it is. But if you attach some meaning to it in some way, it becomes a sacred symbol a sacred, form of sacred geometry and i think more than anything that's what i'd love to leave people with today is the idea that whatever is in your life look at it with a different set of eyes um and see if there's some meaning behind it that you can add to it uh or you know go out and search something new or something different you know that you can see
1: I love that. I do think that, it, like, a lot of our goal with this podcast is to get people to start to see things differently or consider different things or experience things a little bit differently. For me, it's always about on wonder, right? Sacred geometry is just so much on wonder for me. And the thing that's so interesting, too, is, like, even – so, yes, it it is sacred when we set intention, when we assign meaning, when we bring things to a spiritual level – and that still works whether you believe in it or not you know what I mean so <laughs> it's like that it's like the you walk a labyrinth like you're gonna feel something no matter you know Or something might like something will be there for you I mean if you run around the labyrinth and you don't like you know <laughs> then it's different but if you walk the labyrinth you will feel something and so there is something in it for that works, even whether we believe the stuff or not, right? And it's going to be skeptical, and at the same time, you know, like there's so much there that supports us, and like I feel sacred geometry more than I feel crystals and gemstones, and that it bugs me. And I've talked to people who work with crystals and gemstones, and I'm like how do I, I don't understand why it's not working. They're like, you're try- a, you're trying too hard, and b, like, you know. It's it's about different ways that we work with our intuition with um, different physical items. So, but with sacred geometry, for me, I have no real expectations. So I go into it with just this open mind, and then I'm like, "Ooh, this is really cool!" Like I feel this, or I see this, or I have that experience, and so it creates, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of awe and wonder and learning um, and spiritual connection in them, and. To honor the word sacred, I've been thinking about that word a lot lately and like sacred spaces and sacred places and sacred, like the horses are so sacred. Even if you just hold the reverence a little bit or you know that you're in a sacred space, like when I go to the egg, I, I you know, bow, I think the egg because it feels very sacred to me, that space. It's a very safe space. And so I feel like, you know, that's the other thing is if we just even – have the gratitude for or see or willing to say, okay, yes, this is sacred, then it also creates that deeper connection, like that sense of peace or that sense of support Um rather than us just, like I'll never forget someone said, like, you could just walk around this lake and talk or you could run around this lake and talk. And that's all your experiences, action. But if you quiet your mind or you connect with this lake, this is a special lake and Colorado. She's like, you are going to see and feel and hear things that you have never seen and felt and heard. And it happened to me. And I was like, oh my God. Right? Like my clairvoyance got really strong there. A lot of cool things happened, very existential. And it it's there. It's just we have to be going like go willing to go one or two layers deeper than just the 3D mind or the mental energy or the doing energy right? So it's really, it is about having more of that slower, quieter, deeper sacred space for these things.
0: Mm, I love that, Kate. I never really even thought about the idea of sacred as being reverenced, but that's basically what it is. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: It's holding things with, you know, the possibility that there's more there than just meets the eye, right? The depth, mm-hmm. there's a depth. So yes. and I'm just curious what's your favorite sacred geometry shape or symbol that you have that you <laughs> like to work with or you enjoy the most?
0: Well, you know, I mentioned the the flower of life because the connection with being in Egypt and seeing it on the ceilings of these temples. It's just so magnificent. And so I, I am attracted to jewelry with it, um and so on and so forth. But the one that I probably connect with the most is called it's called the lemniscate or the infinity sign it's like two it's like a figure eight but on its side and it's a, a symbol of infinity you know again like a circle no beginning no end but there's a crossover point and we are the crossover point of actually everything um, in our body it's our chakra system that's the crossover point and the energy does go in a in a crisscross all the way up our spine our etheric spine And so that symbol has been very meaningful to me, and I do wear it. Um, I have a necklace that I wear a lot, you know, because it happens to be one that I like. Um, It's also the sign that is on the tarot cards. It is the head of the magician, who is a number eight, and I'm a number eight, and so I connect with that very, very deeply. Um, So, yeah, the Lemniscate or the figure eight infinity sign is probably one of my favorites. What's yours?
1: I love that. The infinity sign is in the card deck, the awakening mini coins card deck that Yes it is. is. Heart to heart.
0: And then
1: I I just felt like that had to be in there that, you know, it's it is infinity, like the horses are with us and that, you know, heaven on earth space, um which is really infinity and it is I think of it, horse heart connection too. Um, mm-hmm. So my favorite is Seed of Life, which is actually the necklace I spoke. I said I thought it was Flower of Life. It is Seed of Life. And it's oh. funny that you like yours because of an eight, because the Seed of Life is seven. Um, ah. And, she <laughs> six, and yeah. I'm a seven. Um, so, yeah, and it really is about the interconnectedness of all things, Um and it it is about, it is a big thing around nature. So um, I just think it's really, it's really cool. You know, it's got a lot of other sacred geometry inside of Seed of Life. So for me, that's that's kind of my favorite. And I think it is that connection to nature um, that mm-hmm. I see through that, so, which I always feel like I have. So, yeah, we'll have to do numerology at some Great. point. Um yeah, everyone always asks yeah. I'm like, do, we gotta Google that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, and if I find. You know, everyone has different. Um, you know, and I think it's it's fun when you can you can find information so fast now these days. Like before, you had to go get to a book. Like when I was a kid, you'd have to go to the library and get a book out using a like catalog in a library to see, see where the stick geometry book is. And now, like you can, ha- I have one today from Amazon on stick of geometry. I can literally you know Google for hours and hours on all this stuff. So it's fascinating. But the document you put together is brilliant. It's got so much in there. It's a great overview of all the different like symbols and whatnot. So we will um at some point be getting all of these different podcast um manuals out, like and so people can read more if they want to dive in. Um, but I just appreciate everyone listening. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to leave them. Feel free to share this podcast, especially if you know someone that is just getting into sacred geometry. Hopefully this gives them a little starter. Uh, starter kit to it and obviously these topics you know could go on and on always we're just doing our best to kind of give an introduction and get people
0: a little more excited a little more aware um, any final comments you have, Mom, about this? No, I'm just thinking of what you said and I thought it's perfect when they when the Divisic Care introduces it, they say a jolt of inspiration and when you think about it, that's exactly what we try to do, you know, is just give everybody a little inspiration in their life. Um, maybe for a new area to explore. So it's great. I love it.
1: Very cool. Yeah, and for anyone listening, please check out the other podcasts on the Divas That Care Network. We're really grateful to them to have the Metaphysical Mastery podcast. They have a new journal called the Podcast Journal, which you can purchase through Absolute Love Publishing, which is really cool. So you can take notes um, about like, okay, maybe I do want to Google like mandalas and see which one I really like and, you know, order one. And and so, you know, there's lots of different, um I just realized I was sitting underneath a crown chakra mandala during this whole conversation. Um, (laughs) And it's got like a snake image in it and it's, it's called Shasara. Each of, you know, even the chakras have mandala, you know, the chakras have. they are
0: all sacred image. It's all sacred It just
1: goes on and on, which is so cool. So um, thank you all for listening and your interest. And if you have any future show ideas, you can let us know about that as well. so oh, th- any, anything else to share?
0: Nope. Thank that my thanks is goes along with Thanksgiving. You know, we're a little bit early, but it's like we do have a deep Thanksgiving to all of you for participating in this program and for Candace and the Davis Care Network and Blog Talk Radio for hosting us.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mom. I really appreciate all the work you put into this and doing all of the research, and there's so much here, and I can tell you got very excited about like researching this one, which I love to see, and there's you know just so much available to, to study on this. So we'll be back in a month with a different podcast topic, so please check this out. Please share this. And thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you.
0: Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care.